My name is Julie Turney, and this is HR Sound Off, the show created for HR and business professionals to discuss pertinent HR topics. But ultimately, we will be settling some of the many misconceptions that people have about the human resources profession. Some weeks you will hear from my guests, and other times it will be just you and me in the sound booth. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's sound off. So on this edition of HR Sound Off, we are touching a topic that is very, very close to my heart. And if for those of you who have listened to episodes of HR Sound Off before, you would have recognized that it was the first episode that we did, but now I'm going in a little deeper. So my favorite topic, my passion, Agile HR. And the reason why it's so close to my heart and why I I'm very passionate about it is because I feel, especially in this time of um, pandemic, it's more important than ever for us to get agile. As organizations, as HR professionals, this is the time for us to shine. And one of the ways for us to do that is focus on the people and not so much on the processes and the policies. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't bite my head off. Don't go, where is she going with this episode? We're going to a very good place, and I'm going to show you how to strike that balance between policy and being agile as you go. So to have this conversation with me today is someone who I view as a very good friend, amazing mentor, and someone who introduced me to agile HR in a way that blew my mind when I first heard about it, and her name is Natal Dank. I first met Natal at, in Manchester in 2018 at the CIPD conference, HR conference, with this booth that was right at the door, said Agile HR community. And I was like, Agile HR? And we started to have a conversation about what Agile HR is, and, I, and it automatically filled a void that I have had for years as an HR professional. And from then till now, I have not stopped bugging Natal. <laughs> I've really enjoyed um, taking her course, the Agile HR Training Certification Program. It really has enlightened me and helped me to appreciate the importance of agility as an HR professional, agility as an organization and why it is important for us to focus on our people and putting processes in place that release and ease the pain and frustration that our employees feel and why they feel that way and the importance of design thinking. But I'm going to stop talking about Natal so Natal can talk about herself. Natal, welcome to the show. Hello. <laughs> How are you doing today? <laughs> very well, very well. I'm in... Uh... Not very sunny Scotland. <laughs> okay. I, I'm in super hot Barbados, but that's okay. We'll converge it to and I'll give you some sunshine. <laughs> so, Natal, tell us a bit about yourself. How did you get here? Tell us about your HR journey. For sure. So, I, like many people maybe listening, was in-house HR for many years and did a range of roles looking primarily at the cultural and organizational development of 
companies. Mm -hmm. So I looked after talent, I looked after learning, I looked after performance, I looked after culture change, all of those topics. And I came from the business. So I was always very commercially minded. And I actually, for quite a while, used to say, oh, but I'm I'm good HR, I'm nice HR, uh, ah. because I came through the kind of the ranks from the people development space. And I was mm-hmm. actually a business coach um, and trainer before I actually sat in HR teams. Okay. So it sort of came through it in a different way. And I think that made me always see that human resources was all about building a great place to work that also delivered business value. So what was the value through to the end customer and how do you make a business successful by, by, by the people? So I've always had that in mind and it was in my in-house role. I was working for a big, big bank and I was using a 25 box matrix to assess talent. And I went, you know what? I feel like what you're talking about, the processes and the policies perhaps I've gone too far here. I I felt like we had moved away from what the purpose of these talent discussions that I was having, Mm -hmm. which was supposed to be about finding great people, helping them be successful, finding the future leaders. But it turned into this sort of heavy compliance-driven process that Mm -hmm. we collected lots of data but didn't really do anything with it. With it. Mm -hmm. So I decided to go off looking for sort of to rediscover HR for myself and work for a different organizations. And one of the very first ones was a very agile based organization. Okay. Very successful. They were a startup and then they got big. Mm-hmm. And I was challenged to work in a very different way. And it was mind blowing, just like you said earlier mm-hmm. around the, the mm-hmm. program. Yes. And what it was is that I was asked to help them redesign performance and reward. And it was for a very agile based part of the organization. So, mm-hmm. so we've got tech teams working in scrum and scaled agile. And I did what we always do, which is when I looked at research, when I looked at the engagement survey, when, mm-hmm. okay. And then I blueprinted everything that I thought that they should do. And I presented that and the sponsor at the time said, well, how do you know that's going to work? You know, in my line of business, we need to experiment. We need to test, we need to get the data. Right. Um, and then we use that data to make the right decisions and you mm-hmm. need to do the same. And it was really eye-opening. It yeah. seems really obvious now that I look at it. Yeah. But I only ever looked at data to a point of what did people kind of want in an engagement survey. I never Uh went and fully tested and prototyped solutions. And this was my first entry into that and it changed my outlook. And what it really helped me see is that if we embrace an agile way of working, we can co-create employee solutions with our Mm -hmm. people and we validate as we go and we check in are these the right things that they need Mm -hmm. and are these the things that are going to deliver business value and and it means you're not implementing change onto people you invite them in to change Mm -hmm. with you and it's Mm -hmm. just a really powerful way of working and it's very business focused because it's all about how do you get your people to be the best and then deliver business value. Mm -hmm. Um, And we can talk a bit about where Agile comes from because first and foremost, it's a business thing. It's not a HR thing. And I think that's what makes it really powerful as well. Exactly. You've had a really amazing journey as you've come through um, to get to the point that you are today. And I thank you so much for sharing that with us. It's so okay. then, let's let's talk a little bit about agile HR. So let's talk about what agile is, mm-hmm. and then let's talk about how we can implement it in HR. Sure. So agile is it's ultimately a way of finding answers to complex problems. So when you don't know what the answer is because there's multi layers to it, mm-hmm. or actually you don't have enough data yet 
or because the world keeps moving and changing uh, yeah. like what we're in now mm -hmm. uh, and there's a huge complexity around us, uncertainty, constant change, mm -hmm. then actually you have to work in an agile way. Mm -hmm. And an agile way is it's all about working incrementally. So mm -hmm. it says, okay, because if we go and make some plans, if we want the those plans are only going to hold for so long. And right. because of all the change that are happening around us or mm -hmm. because we don't know what's going to be the result of doing, you know, A, B or C, mm -hmm. then we'll need to change this plan. And what it used to be is that the way we used to work is we would plan everything in detail up front right. and then kind of go off to execute this plan over a period of time. But it often meant that the customer wasn't getting the result of that plan until much further down the track, so that when mm -hmm. we did our implementation stage. Now, that's okay if things are fairly stable, if it's quite quick, uh, if there's not too many stakeholders and if you're not in a very complex situation. Right. But given our modern business world, that's not the case. And we no. need to innovate. We need to respond to changing market situations. Mm -hmm. We need to deal with massive pandemics like we're yes. dealing with now. Exactly. So that means we have to be able to change our plan and we need to be right. able to change our plan quite quite readily mm -hmm. we also want some discipline in there so we're actually going to you know it's not just about randomly changing the plan all the time right so agile says okay let's work incrementally and that's saying okay in a short period of time what piece of value can we get done and deliver to our customer and then get the customer to give us feedback on whether that works for them or not mm -hmm. and then use that feedback to drive the next increment or the next mm -hmm. cycle of work right and what it means is that if you get that piece of work to your customer and they go, no, no, no good, doesn't work for me, you go, mm -hmm. okay, fine, we either just stopped there or it failed, mm -hmm. or okay, now let's use the feedback you've given us to pivot in direction and go in a new way, mm -hmm. or all right, let's revisit this plan. How do we actually do this in a better way? Mm -hmm. All the feedback is positive, we know we're on the right track, and now we can start building out our product or our, our project further and know where we're continuing to deliver value right. so this is a different way and what it means is that each time because you then go okay now let's produce something else of value mm -hmm. uh, but again in a shorter period of time and then validate if that's working or not mm -hmm. and it means that we keep focusing in on what is the most important things to work on right. and get rid of the things that don't mean don't anything. Mean Mm -hmm. um, so all the features that we think were great ideas at the start, but actually when we go and put it in front of someone, they go, oh, no, I don't need that. You don't then spend time on that. You go, yes. okay, let's focus on what's the, the most important thing. Right. And it means that you're actually usually more likely to get to your goal at a faster, faster pace right. because you keep focusing in on the most important things to deliver to that customer. Mm -hmm. And because your customer is giving you real feedback from actual experiencing the thing you're putting in front of them uh -huh. not antidotal it's not just opinions it's actual real feedback and it's constantly validating as you go right. so that's the agile process this concept of incrementally delivering value to your customer mm -hmm. and your customer sits at the heart of that of course yes what it also says is that to do that you need a team of cross-functional people because mm -hmm. if you're having to you know hand over to another person to do part of that work right. it's going to slow you down and you need yes. to be able to respond quickly you need to be able to deliver quickly mm -hmm. so let's build a cross-functional team where we've got all the skills we need to get the job done in that team mm -hmm. and let's because they're great people with great skills yeah. let them self-organize to get the job done so the mm -hmm. um, agile creates these different roles where mm -hmm. actually it's not about hierarchy it's about 
people are self-organizing to deliver the value together because it right. believes that people actually have the skills to get the job done mm -hmm. and let's go and ask them to do that. And so it's a very powerful way of working, but you can start to see that it totally transforms how organizations work when they mm -hmm. embrace this way of working. Absolutely. And it's so funny that you said that in terms of when we get to the point where we're creating teams who are autonomous, the things that they're able to create and put together um, when left alone to do the job that you've hired them to do, then creates engagement, creates in, an engaged workforce and then builds yes. better cultures. So that really does, does help. So give us an example. Give us an example of an experience that you've had in working in a project, who you've had to pull into that project, what were the successes and failures of that project? For those of the audience who are visual people, let's put it into an example. Okay, so uh, if you're, do you want that to be a HR example? Does that yes. help? Yeah, yes. okay. So if it's a HR example, let's think about, let's think about um, the classic one of performance and reward. Mm -hmm. And often in the past, this used to be, if I did this project in the past before Agile, it was probably me running it myself. So I would be right. project owner mm -hmm. and I may or may not have uh, some people in my team that might be part of it. Right. But usually I would then need to coordinate with different parts of HR. So I'd mm -hmm. need to have maybe someone from the reward area. I would need to probably have an HR business partner in there. Mm -hmm. I'd probably have to update all the HR business partners at different times because right. I would be impacting their parts of, mm -hmm. of the, of the, the organisation. Mm -hmm. I would... Then if it related to a system, I might mm -hmm. need to go and speak to tech and right. uh, procurement if I was going to bring in an actual system to support it. Mm -hmm. um, so there'd be all these different kind of aspects, all these parts of the business that I would need to go right. just to run this project. And I don't know about you, but in HR, that often meant that, and there was often meant there was lots of other projects happening mm -hmm. at the same time, yes. and everyone wanted each other's time to get the job done. So and they want all it now. working on, <laughs> and yeah, they want it now. And you're all you're on all these projects because you've got all these great things that you need to get done, right? Um, and they're all really important for the business, from mm -hmm. you know designing leadership development programs through yes. to redesigning performance and reward, mm -hmm. through to uh, bonuses and pay, all of these things. Yeah, but it. It was never really prioritized that mm -hmm. much. Like mm -hmm. we used to just have a list of projects and they were all considered quite important. Different people would run them, yes. but you usually needed the same people in each one to get right. start getting some job, some work done. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of even before you involve different parts of the business. So if we did that in HR, uh, Agile HR instead, what we would say, first of all, we would prioritise what is the most important initiative or project to be working on first right. because the idea is let's focus on that, get that done, and then mm -hmm. move on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. And what we're not going to run it you know, for months, for you know, years and years. But what we're mm -hmm. going to do is we're going to run it to the point where we've delivered value and right. we've fixed the problem to yes. a certain extent and then we can start moving our efforts into the next one. Mm -hmm. So first of all, we would prioritize on that level. Secondly, right. we would say, okay, now let's form a multi-skilled, multifunctional team right. that can actually focus on delivering this project. Mm -hmm. Generally, you want that team to be on that project 100% of the time. I know right. that that's not always realistic, but yeah. let's talk about ideal worlds at the moment. So uh -huh. say you're on that. And then you have a you have some different roles. So you have a multi-skilled team, and in that, for a performance and reward, you would probably want someone that actually 
you know, knows about the performance and reward users, uses it each day in the HR team, mm-hmm. probably someone from the reward team. You may want um, a comms person around how do we do the communications. I definitely want a tech person if we're going to yeah. use any kind of tech systems. Mm-hmm. You may want a compliance person or at least have someone that could come in at any time to look at what are the compliance needs, if any. Right. Um, and then it would be great to have some someone from the business, either mm-hmm. in a team and mm-hmm. or a manager, right. so we actually have the, a real um, Real-time feedback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then we have um, different roles. So you have your you have your team, and the idea is the team go, okay, what are all the things that we need to get done in this project? Mm-hmm. And they list them all up uh, in what we call a backlog. And right. then we start to prioritize this backlog. What's the most important thing to start with and why? Mm-hmm. In a performance and reward um, situation, you often need to think about things first. So are we focusing on how people are doing performance? Uh, do we need to look at the connection to reward? Do we isolate that first? Do we look mm-hmm. at how people are giving and receiving feedback? Mm-hmm. Do we look at the system that they're using? Right. Do we need to look at the ratings that they're do we If we're removing ratings, what would that mean? Okay. Um, to, there's a lot of kind of questions that start to come up. So what right. you would start to do is you would say, okay, well, we think let's go in and let's test with a certain area of the business running performance, not using ratings, uh, giving each other feedback peer-to-peer, and what does that look like? How do right. people how do people find that? Does that mm-hmm. help them? Is this a better situation? If we did do that, how would you then determine reward? Mm-hmm. So you can actually go and test and start to work out, does, you know, is this going to suit this in this business or not? Right. Um, if, if we bring in these situations... Uh, different ways of working, does it create problems or does it actually fix the the situation? And what it means is that you're, rather than blueprinting a whole big solution up front, you actually Mm -hmm. go and test smaller components of it first and then start to build it out. And so when I've done these kind of things in the past, one of them, for example, was I went to a a group of teams that were experimenting for me Mm -hmm. and I said, oh, would you like to use this app to help you give and receive feedback? Mm-hmm. And they said, oh, um, yeah, sure, we're, we're willing to try it. So the, I gave them the app. And to be honest, in the past, I may have rolled that out across the whole organization as the solution for performance and reward. Mm-hmm. But these particular teams hated the app. They said, we don't wow. need an app. We want to trust each other to give and receive feedback in an open way. It's not mm-hmm. about the app that, or the tech. It's about right. how do we, it's actually about how the performance is linked to ratings and how it's linked to our these you know bonuses mm-hmm. and actually that's the bit that's stopping us giving good feedback to each other so that's okay. what we need to um, mm-hmm. investigate so that was an experiment that I just stopped there I didn't go and roll the app out any right. further it was like oh actually that's not fixing the problem that's actually yes. giving people mm-hmm. a, a tech solution that's not it's just actually not applicable mm-hmm. exactly so this is sort of an um an example of how you start to break a problem down into different scenarios. You start Mm -hmm. to go, okay, what's the most important part of this to fix first and Mm why? Let's go to one part of the business or even if you go to the whole part of the business, let's just do it for a set period of time, Mm -hmm. find out what works, what doesn't, and then use that data to then make the next decision. Mm -hmm. At first, it might sound like, oh, you don't know what you're doing. You're kind of, you know, people might be unsure. Oh, they don't want to change performance and reward if they don't know what the solution is yet. Right. But actually, if you 
I find that this is a much better way to create mm-hmm. change because yes. people don't want the solution implemented on them. That's already right. pre-planned. They exactly. actually want to be part of creating it. Exactly. This is how they do their work mm-hmm. each day. This mm-hmm. is how they do their performance and reward. Mm-hmm. Um, it also allows you, so if that, that self-organizing team, they can invite key people to be the users that test things. So ideally you go to different parts of the business and you say, would you be willing to try doing this for a period of design period of time to see if it works or not. Right. I've found that out that people love that. Love that. Again, mm-hmm. they're part of it. Yes, they're, exactly. And, um, no one seems to, in my case, say no. Right. They might want to know what it means. They might right. want to know if it, you know, impacts their work. They right. want to know how to give you feedback. But mm-hmm. generally, people want to be part of creating the solution. Mm-hmm. Um, so it also means you have real users testing things as you go, right. and then you can start to make a, um, a solution that actually works for them. Right. The other kind of role that we haven't really talked about, and we've gone a little bit into kind of agile roles without sort of talking too much about yes. different things. But um, so in the agile space, you have your self-organizing team, mm-hmm. um, which is your skilled team of people. Mm-hmm. You then have a role that's called the product owner. And this right. is the person that has the vision of the product. Mm-hmm. And they ultimately translate the vision of the customer, the stakeholders into this backlog of work. Mm-hmm. And they are always looking at how do we prioritize time and effort on the most important things. Mm-hmm. And they feed off and collaborate with the team. So you've got right. this really interesting dynamic of someone being really kind of focused on purpose and vision. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the team that can get on and get the job done. Yeah. You then have another role, which is called a scrum master or an agile coach. Mm-hmm. And this is saying we need someone that helps the team be the best that they can mm-hmm. and helps them constantly look at how are they working, how do they improve, mm-hmm. and look at removing impediments. Mm-hmm. So when you come up against blockers and things that are going wrong, how do you solve them? How do you get, right. how do you get rid of them? Mm-hmm. Um, and this could be anything from uh, stakeholders that keep turning up and interrupting the work all the time yeah. through to tech not working, through mm-hmm. to people in the team not getting on with each other. Right. So, um, so the agile space has this dynamic of these different roles feeding mm-hmm. off each other mm-hmm. and it creates a sense of accountability and mm-hmm. responsibility within mm-hmm. the system itself. Right. And it's a system of, of a feedback loop. So it means that the feedback loop is constantly driving the iterations of work, right. constant, continuous improvement, and, it, mm-hmm. and it's an, like a performance system in itself. So it's really interesting when you start to work this way because actually if you are linking it to performance award, you might find that you don't need half of the things that we've had in the past because so much of it um, starts to happen in this cycle of work itself. Right. Yeah. And then you're able to determine if a process is over-engineered or not, which generally most of our processes prior to Agile are generally over-engineered. Yeah, well, I think that also we need to, um, so what's interesting, when Agile comes into an organization, that uh, what we're aiming to do is allow the, 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 the sort of performance cycle or feedback loop of Agile drive the work. Mm-hmm. And this means you want to set up things that enable people to work as opposed to kind of telling people what to do. What to do. Mm-hmm. And if, if you think about our systems of organisation, traditionally up until now, mm-hmm. they've been quite hierarchical and they've yes. been quite command and control mm-hmm. and often it's making decisions up the top and then yes. sending instructions through um, the organization. Ah, so let's talk about that quickly. So you yeah. call that um, no more hippo decisions. 
Yeah, in some ways, yeah. Yes. So the highest right. paid person's opinion, exactly. Yes. Yeah. yes, yes, yes. But it's also about, it's also linked to that traditional way of working around the what we call waterfall. So this uh -huh. idea that everything is sort of planned and targets are set and everything's considered upfront. But it, it also doesn't allow a dynamism and a, an ability to adapt and change. Right. And what we're seeing in organisations is if you want to respond to your customer faster and you mm -hmm. want to be more dynamic you want to innovate then actually you need to what you've been talking about is this allow those teams to make the decisions themselves mm -hmm. allow those teams to be very close to the customer and respond mm -hmm. directly to the customer needs mm -hmm. to be able to do these iterations of work right. this means that old hierarchical kind of structure doesn't fit doesn't that work way agile way yeah. of working anymore mm -hmm. and it means that actually the the organizational design that we've had up until now starts to shift yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. And we're starting to look at, um, and you're seeing this in organizations across the world, mm -hmm. value chain. So how do we take, how do we deliver value through to an end customer that's based on the product? So right. from what the customer needs, um, so from research and development through to actually making the product happen through mm -hmm. to giving it to the customer, selling mm -hmm. it, the accounts around that, the customer mm -hmm. service around that. How mm -hmm. do you make that much more end-to-end? -end? Yes. How do you deliver a whole experience to that customer? Mm -hmm. And how do all those teams be much more joined up? Mm -hmm. And that's very different to the old silos, ways of, of organisations that we had, where you had yes. accounts over here, you had research and development yes. over here. HR over there. HR over here. <laughs> that didn't enable this kind of very joined up, what we yes. call a value chain, end-to-end -end, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. design and development. Mm -hmm. And this is where organisations are wanting to go, and Agile yes. is a key part of that. Yes. Um, and it, 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 it actually fundamentally rethinks uh, organisational structures as a yes. result. Yeah. And it's, it definitely challenges hippo decisions, but it yes. actually even moves beyond that. It says, well, actually, hippos are there to enable these teams to yes. work mm -hmm. and let's challenge those hippo decisions through data mm -hmm. and, you know, an actual feedback of the customer mm -hmm. rather than opinions and, and what we think we should do. Let's go yes. and validate it. Yeah. Yes. And I love that because, again, it takes us back to making the workforce become more engaged we create better cultures when we do these things and then it also takes away the um not just the hierarchy but then everybody becomes more on level playing field because we're all working together so i, I really like that as i said mind-blowing <laughs> let's talk a little bit about um the ceremonies that exist within agile to help people so like to help them communicate better. So like for me, I know I've benefited a lot from stand-ups and retrospectives, but what do those mean? Let's talk a little bit about that. Okay, cool. So in the Agile space, um, we talked a bit about um, what enables this work to happen. So because you're wanting to respond quickly to the customer and you want to deliver value, we right. want to allow that team to self-organize to get the job done. We don't mm -hmm. want to be constantly you know, interrupting that work mm -hmm. um, with uh, decisions from elsewhere. Mm -hmm. To ensure that that happens, you need transparency. So you need transparency of information. So the idea is that everyone in the team and the PO and the Agile coach and actually all the stakeholders around it should all have the same information. Right. So there's some uh, 
even before the ceremonies, we get to a few tools and techniques that we use. So mm -hmm. the backlog of work that I mentioned earlier is right. something that should be fully transparent. Everyone mm -hmm. can see mm -hmm. and everyone's able to come along and see what's going to be getting done next right. and after that and have a conversation around it. Mm -hmm. This is really interesting because it even opens up ideas of, of company information in general being transparent. So if we yes. all understand what's going on in an organization, we can make decisions real time. Mm -hmm. If you don't have all the information, you cannot you can't make decisions. No, you can't. But this challenges a lot of how we've worked in uh in traditionally a lot. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And particularly it challenges a lot of what we do in HR. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of information that we've often thought should be kept private. Right. Even, you know, if I go back to my talent example at the start, mm -hmm. We often would keep talent decisions private from their right. from the actual people themselves. You know, it's, you know, mm -hmm. if someone was considered a high potential, mm -hmm. often we wouldn't tell them. You know, and mm. then we'd go and do all these actions around it. Yeah. So in the agile space, we promote transparency, mm -hmm. and then we have ceremonies to ensure that everyone understands the information. We're sharing all the information, and we're constantly adding to that transparency of information. Right. So you mentioned the stand-up. So the stand-up mm -hmm. is about having regular um, daily check-ins that only mm -hmm. last for 15 minutes. Right. And it's not this big, massive operational meeting. It's mm -hmm. all about what did I do yesterday? What am I doing today? And how am I helping us achieve our goal of what we're trying to deliver? Mm -hmm. And this is also a way micromanagement. And it's not micromanagement. This is the team having mm -hmm. a conversation with each other. Right. And also, what's standing in my way? So is there any impediments? Is there any blockers? Is there any mm -hmm. challenges? And how do we try and resolve them today? Right. And what's really interesting is that can even be go, go through a whole organization. So there's mm -hmm. some organizations that do this in a scaled way. Mm -hmm. So they have your agile working at team, at the team level, and then they have the whole company working in, in team formations. Right. And so what they'll have is they'll have, you know, at 10 o'clock in the morning, they'll have a stand up at the team level. Mm -hmm. Teams talk about how they're working and any impediments in their way. Right. At, by 10.30, the agile coaches or scrum masters for those teams all get together and mm -hmm. say, has there been any impediments that we haven't been able to deal with at that team level that mm -hmm. we could now try and resolve and help to get, help these teams get the job done. Get the job done. Mm -hmm. Then by 11, 11.30, it's gone up to the very highest level of the organisation mm -hmm. and the impediments that haven't been able to be resolved throughout mm -hmm. those meetings are now with the highest people right. and they are challenged with trying to remove trying to those impediments then in there. So Great. this is all about helping the teams get mm -hmm. the job done every single day, yeah. which is a really interesting dynamic. And it means mm -hmm. leaders are there to help teams get the job done as mm -hmm. opposed to setting the tasks for them. So it's right. a really interesting dynamic. Mm -hmm. So that's how a stand-up works. Work. And it keeps that constant check-in. Mm -hmm. You're then going to review your backlog. You're going to know where you're at. And everyone mm -hmm. can then just go off and get their work done. And there's yeah. this sense of ownership. Mm -hmm. um, no one's told them what to do. They've decided right. themselves. People are accountable for their own work. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Another key ceremony is something called a retrospective. So right. In this cadence of work or this cycle of work, often which goes for a couple of weeks, never longer than a month. Right. We at the start we we do a lot of planning and mm -hmm. we often and we do planning as we go. Mm -hmm. So we're constantly checking in on our plan, but we commit mm -hmm. to a certain plan for that period of time. Mm -hmm. We then have our stand up each day, how are we going, what's going on? Do we need to change things? What do we need to kind of look at today? Um, you know, 
uh, how's our priorities going? Are we working mm-hmm. on the right things? Mm-hmm. And then we get to the end of the work where we actually present it to the customer mm-hmm. and that we call that a review or mm-hmm. a demo. Mm-hmm. We get feedback from the customer and the users. Right. We then go into what's called a retrospective. And the mm-hmm. retrospective is about the team going, well, how did that go? Right. How did we work? Did we work well together? Did uh-huh. we not? Right. What's How about the tools that we used? Did they mm-hmm. help us? Did they not? Right. And looking at how do we now go into that next cycle of work and be better of what we just were like. Mm-hmm. And so this mm-hmm. is a constant sort of improvement mechanism. Right. And it's all about the team going, well, how have we got the job done? Uh-huh. And uh, it's not, and it's not, the what that we've worked on but it's the how and mm-hmm. we're constantly looking at how do we get better in how mm-hmm. we go about doing the job mm-hmm. um, the what feedback comes back from the customer of course right. and that we use that to prioritize and guide our next piece of work right that's really great and that that makes so much sense but it's also it also makes it more exciting as you realize that you're opening the lines of communication more constant and what I love about it is that it is not micromanaging. You're giving people the opportunity to tell you, okay, what I'm getting through with, what I'm not getting through with. And then, as you said, you're able to escalate if, it, if there's need be, but you're giving people accountability for their work and they're enjoying what they're doing. And that's, that's the great thing about it. So let's talk a little bit about the Agile HR community. You set up this amazing community with your business partner. Tell us what the Agile HR community does and how people can get involved sure so i leading on from that story at the start where uh-huh. i uh, kind of saw the light and started to see how i could do hr differently i started to work very specifically with hr teams uh, around the world on mm-hmm. first of all how do they start to take these agile methods into their team and Mm -hmm. into their projects Mm -hmm. how do they start to use things like design thinking and incremental development to start to build solutions how does that then start to redesign the hr operative model um, Mm -hmm. and how we start to design our teams Mm -hmm. and what you know how do we start to actually build this whole kind of sustainable way of working using agile over time so that Mm -hmm. started to be sort of just where i spent my time that naturally also feeds into how do you help hr start to redesign people practices that help Mm -hmm. agile Mm -hmm. so this is redesigning performance this is redesigning leadership this is how do you help leaders build customer-centric organizations these kind of things right so how do you start to redesign people practices to enable business agility Mm -hmm. and if a business wants to start to scale agile so like i talked about earlier how do you start with maybe one team doing agile but then if you want multiple teams or hundreds of teams or the whole organization using agile Mm -hmm. what does that look like right so i I started to realize that HR need help in this space. So we mm-hmm. need help in understanding how do you do it ourselves? Mm-hmm. Then how do we start to build the organization in a way that allows business agility? Right. And so I started to work very hands-on with HR teams and organizations around that. And through that, I got asked more and more, could you provide a public body uh, that helped people understand how to do this mm-hmm. and actually all these organizations are starting to say they're going agile and more and more of hr need to understand what this is mm-hmm. so how where can we go to find out right i also started at that time to do a lot of meetups so these uh-huh. are like free events where people get together and start talking about 
have you tried Agile HR? What does that right. look like? And because mm-hmm. it's very contextual. Every yes. every team, every organization, mm-hmm. it's really, really different for you. Yes. So yes. you need to learn through case studies and learn from mm-hmm. each other. So I started mm-hmm. to do these meetups and they were getting bigger and bigger. And more and more people were saying, oh, could I go and do some training around this? And at mm-hmm. the moment, I was just doing it sort of in-house with the companies that I worked right. with. I was also started to collaborate with a lady called Rena Hellstrom, who's mm-hmm. based in Finland, and she mm-hmm. was the same as me. She was doing lots and lots of work with organizations and HR teams. Mm-hmm. She was running a few meetups as well, and we were like, okay, I think there's something here where people would like a public body or a professional body to go right. to. Mm-hmm. So we set up the Agile HR community, mm-hmm. and the community is all about bringing people together to learn from each other around Agile HR. Right. We then want it to be the body that you come to to learn how to do Agile HR. Agile. So we want to make mm-hmm. sure that people get the best learning in mm-hmm. this because there's some, dif- you know, there's different options out there on how yes, you can learn yeah. Agile. Mm-hmm. And it's about understanding how this fits into the HR world and really speaking the language of HR. So yes. we, we created a professional body that can do that. Mm-hmm. And also we wanted to more and more create a professional body that really set the high standard in what mm-hmm. Agile HR is mm-hmm. and how can we go and help HR teams and leaders and organizations start mm-hmm. to build business agility. Right. So that's where the uh, community comes from. Uh-huh. We started up what's called the Agile HR Certified Practitioner Program a couple yeah. of years ago, mm-hmm. which now has been happening all around the world. And it's yes. just amazing and yeah. so exciting and hundreds of people have now done it. And mm-hmm. we're now going digital. And yes. yeah, it's just got very bigger, exciting and mind blowing. Yeah. Yes. So, and lots of meetups around the world, yet to have one in Barbados. We kind of had digital versions, but, but yes. yeah, we'll yes. get there at some We're going to get there. We're going to get exactly. there. <laughs> Corona is not going to stop us. <laughs> exactly, yeah. But it's been amazing. Like coronavirus is just, it's actually, with. so we've started doing these meetups that you know, which were, yes. we started to hear more and more stories of people using Agile HR to help them guide their work in response yes. to coronavirus. Mm-hmm. So things like, people would have had um, a whole bunch of projects and things that they were working on. Mm-hmm. And now they suddenly realized, actually, that's not the most important thing to work on because no. all my people now have to work yes. from home. I need to make sure that they're safe. Mm-hmm. Um, how do I quickly pivot what I'm mm-hmm. focused work on? And how do I start to prioritize my workload day to day really quickly? So yes. this is where Agile's come in. in Very handy. Mm-hmm. So there's, we've kept hearing these amazing stories of, you know, HR teams building a helpline within uh-huh. three days to yes. make sure that all their employees and thousands of people could call uh-huh. in and ask questions and make sure that they were safe. Uh-huh. Uh, another HR team uh, actually called every single person in their organization to uh-huh. check who were. Uh, where were they? Were they vulnerable? Mm-hmm. Did they need any help? Uh, were they, you know, did they need any particular attention in certain ways? Yeah. Um, another team looked at getting a sort of a data toolkit up mm-hmm. and running mm-hmm. within a couple of days, which was mm-hmm. um, understanding like a people tracker, basically. So who are the people in my teams? Mm-hmm. What, you know, what's their status? Mm-hmm. Uh, are they working from home? Mm-hmm. Are they okay? Are they yeah. vulnerable? Do I need to, and then of course, if you need to furlough or anything like mm-hmm. this, are they furloughed or not? Right. And um, so creating tools really quickly yes. that actually was enabling the businesses to make real-time decisions. And it was really interesting to hear how they were using agile practices to make 
this happen. So we set up some meetups and Uh we've just had this amazing response of so many people dialing in, Uh all these people sharing their own stories Uh and it just shows that the community and Agile is just such an important thing in this day and age now is that this is how people can help get their work done um, Uh in in a time of a pandemic. So it's it's been nice to get that validation actually. It must be very heartwarming for you. (laughs) (laughs) So here's the, here's the question leading up to your last question. What is the one thing about HR that you view as a huge misconception that really bothers you that you want to clear up right now? Well, I used to always say that um, I went into what I call Agile HR because I wanted people to like me again at barbecues because there was a, I don't know about you, but for Uh quite a while there, and it still happens, I have Uh to say, that you introduce yourself and you say, people say, oh, what are you doing? You say, oh, I'm I'm in HR. And they go, oh, like this. And they're sort of, they kind of hesitate and maybe they don't talk to you anymore. Uh Um, So, and this is because traditionally HR has been associated with a very heavy compliance-driven, process-orientated way of working. Mm -hmm. And there's a legacy of how we've done organisations. There's a legacy of it's come from Taylor time, where and it's about, and it's very hierarchical. Mm -hmm. And it's actually sometimes not the intention, or most of the time is not the intention of HR to come Mm -hmm. across this way. Mm -hmm. It's often because we've built and designed systems based on what we think needs to happen. And also often the data we need to collect or the compliance steps we need to cover Mm -hmm. rather than the user experience. Mm -hmm. And this Agile HR is all about flipping that. It's saying, okay, what's the problem for our users? Mm -hmm. What's the pain points? Mm -hmm. What's the business value that Mm -hmm. we need to deliver? Now let's go and create a solution that aims to deliver that. And let's find out what the user needs. Mm -hmm. So in terms of the world of performance, what I often find is that people... They want some, they want to be clear on goals. Mm -hmm. They want an ability to talk and get about performance and get some feedback. Mm -hmm. They generally don't want to get rated on that. They generally don't see the name of numbers. Mm -hmm. Uh, It often, most people don't see the need for it to be linked to um, their pay. Yes. If they do, they want it to be really clear and they want to know why. Why? And Mm -hmm. so if you go and tap into what's the user experience of performance Mm -hmm. and then create something to support that Mm -hmm. and then go, okay, is there any information we need for compliance or, you know, or legal? And how do we make sure we have that? Mm -hmm. Often we haven't had to create this tick box form that Uh so many of our systems have. You often don't need any of that to make performance happen. No. Um, so let's go and look at the user experience. Let's design our solutions based on the user experience and mm-hmm. then build it from there. Mm-hmm. And don't go and deliver what we think we need to deliver mm-hmm. because often we create these huge processes and that are unnecessary. That are unnecessary, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and HR shouldn't be felt as a extra action in no. the workplace. Like, oh, okay, I've got to fill in this form now because HR's made me to. No, the form should always be about enabling that person to get the job done. And we've always talked about that, but I don't think we've fully looked at how we design things to truly understand how we change that. Mm -hmm. I think Agile HR gives us a way to To do that. 
to do that, to reflect and go, okay, actually, I need to start from a whole different position here and I build this solution. Yeah, Absolutely. Do I even need a system in the first place? (laughs) It's true. Thank you so much for sharing that. So my last question to you is, what is next from the Pal Bank? (laughs) So, Ah, well, that I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the Agile HR community, of course, is gone digital. Um, We always, well, it's been really interesting because we actually designed our certified practitioner program as a digital program to begin with. And we then realized our minimal viable product, which uh, is is the face-to-face, you know, Mm -hmm. two-day, let's go out, let's make sure the concept works, let's Uh validate that, um, which we have. And we have success from that. Absolutely. We then focused on, we've recently written a book, Rena and I, which is very exciting. So that's going to come out in a few months. And then now we were always ready to go and do the digital. Um, And we always wanted to do the digital in a way that was a true learning experience. It's not Mm -hmm. about kind of just live streaming a face-to-face program. It needed to be an actual different way of learning. Right. The coronavirus has given us this amazing opportunity to actually go and make that happen, probably a little bit sooner than we thought, but that's agile, isn't it? You need to exactly. be able to pivot and respond. So we've now built that, and it's I'm just so excited because I think it's such a great way to do the learning. So we're, it's now in a series of sprints, of course, so um, agile sprints. Yeah. And that's those cycles, those increments of work I was talking about earlier. And the idea is you learn certain topics and mm-hmm. you have a series of accessing digital resources, then having live coaching sessions to deepen the learning. And of course, at the end of the sprint, we always have a review and a retrospective, right. worked what did it, right. what have we learned and mm-hmm. how do we take that improvements into the next sprint. Mm-hmm. Um, they're broken into, you know, what is Agile and how does it look in HR? The second sprint is a design sprint. So taking a business challenge through to prototyping and testing a solution, nice. which is quite exciting. Yep. The next one is running a project with Agile. Mm-hmm. So building a backlog, prioritizing, and then actually delivering things through a series of sprints. So, right. um, and you do that on your own project as well. So you uh-huh. actually have something to, to go away and implement. Right. And then the final sprint is about how do we evolve our operating model mm-hmm. in HR? What is this concept of organizational development for yeah. agile and transformation? And also we then look at a couple of topics. So performance and reward or learning, mm-hmm. how might you evolve that for an agile organization? So mm-hmm. then the sprints. And so I've been working frantically on that. Um, mm-hmm. And we're also about to do some digital masterclasses as well. So people awesome. that want to deep dive into evolving their operating model or mm-hmm. performance and reward for agile, what does mm-hmm. that really look like? How would yeah. you evolve it? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's what we're busy doing at the moment. Oh, these are very exciting times indeed. I'm looking they forward are, to all are. of this. <laughs> I am actually looking forward to becoming, doing my certified trainer for sure and being mm-hmm. a part of the team. And I know that these are very interesting times for the Agile HR community. I'm honored to be a part of your community. Thank you so much for having me. It's fantastic to have you with the community because the community is as strong as people like yourself, uh, Mm -hmm. Julie. It's about, that's what I think what makes it so energizing is the amount of people that come and do our, our program or come to a learning event and then say they've gone and truly re engineered yes. how they do their profession and how mm-hmm. they do their work it's mm-hmm. just so mind-blowing and yes. that's what I love about it it's very mm-hmm. practical and it's very real and it's about 
whatever your context, go and start doing things to actually get a better result. And I just love the stories that come back. And I think the community is, you know, we're going to get, just get stronger and stronger of how people keep sharing that with each other, feeding off each other, you know, taking that to the next level. And uh, yeah, it's exciting. And I think coronavirus has brought out you know, even more reality of why you need to be agile, agile. why you might need to change to complexity around Mm -hmm. you. And, um, and yeah, I love the idea that it actually helps people day to day. Sure. The future is definitely bright for agile HR. I have (laughs) no doubt about that whatsoever, but I thank you so much, Natal, for taking the time to talk to me today. You have survived your time in the sound booth. Can you tell the beautiful people who are listening to this show where they can find you on social media or where they can find the Agile HR community? Sure. Well, I think I am still the only Natal Dank uh, in terms <laughs> of names uh-huh. uh, from around the world. I've still you never, never know. Found, you never know. I never, I, I never know, but I've still yet to find that combination. So uh, <laughs> if you look up Natal Dank uh, yes. uh, on LinkedIn, I'm I'm. It comes up straight away. And that is my Twitter handle as well, Natal Dank. So Mm -hmm. uh, I'm fairly easy to find. And then, of course, you can come to the Agile HR Community website Mm -hmm. at any time Mm -hmm. and you will find myself and Rena Mm -hmm. and lots of information on there. And then just um, hit the button to get in touch, basically. Absolutely. Thank you so much for doing this today. I really appreciate it. And we look forward to hearing more about the Agile HR Community. I'm sure that this is our... I feel like this is part one because so much is happening and I feel like at some point in time we need to have both you and Lena together. That'll be really cool as a show. So look out for that. Thank you for joining us in the sound booth today. I hope that you found this information from this episode useful. You can find me on all social media platforms at I am Julie Turney. That's I am Julie Turney. And you can find this episode or this show on most digital platforms, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, you name it, we're there. Thanks to Anchor FM and Rock Solid Entertainment for helping me to put this content together for you. And I will see you again when we next sound off.